you know, you think about the customer, but these are fans. These are users. League of Legends and their championships, these ratings rival, you know, the NFL Super Bowl. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to season two of the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global. Welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I am Patricia DeLuca, Managing Editor of License Global, and I'm here with Ben Roberts, Content Editor, MEA. And we are here with Robert Schwartz of CAA GBG, who is going to talk about the art of brand extension. And we are going to look at the methodology of CAA GBG and how it builds some of the biggest extension programs from global brands, from gaming to lifestyle and beyond. Hi, Robert. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So first, let's take a look at CAA GBG and build some context for our listeners. What do you do? Who is the brand responsible for? And what defines the CAA GBG approach? Sure. Well, I think CAA GBG is a unique company in the sense that we operate in countries throughout the world. And we give a platform for brand owners to extend in all different types of categories and all different types of arrangements. We look at brand extension versus just the word licensing. And licensing can be done in different ways from joint ventures to traditional agreements to even building brick and mortar to going into uh, direct to consumer. So we look at the broad base of opportunities and just don't pigeonhole one business model. And I think that makes us really unique in the market and seeing what opportunities there are in each country because we try to provide a global platform to brands, but we also localize it for countries. And so I would say we're really built around strategy. What do clients want? We ask, what do you want to do? How do you want to get there? We can take you on that journey. So it's really about being consultative at the start and really figuring out what are the goals and objectives of brand extension. Some are money. Some are about brand building. Some is around hitting a certain consumer base or extending the brand into new verticals that they've never been before. So um, I would say that it's a unique platform. We call it a platform and we're proud of what we built over many years. And, um, and so my role in the organization, I work on the new business development front, um, been active for many years in both client acquisition, licensee acquisition, um, as well as brand management. Today, my role is really around driving new business and working on new IPs within our, you know, our business from the League of Legends of the world, all the way to um, continuing to build out our food and beverage practice. So it's really, uh, it's a great, exciting time and and really happy to be part of this organization. I mean, Robert, you built on, I'm just going to jump in here, like you built on uh, brand extensions as a different factor from licensing. And we've been delving into this at License Global ourselves over the last year, two years. Um, we even did a report ourselves called Brand XT. Uh, which actually the first one looked at uh, League of Legends because of all of the amazing work that you're doing there. I mean, how would you further define brand extension? I mean, what is that? To me, it's in the pure sense, not even considering the licensing business. It's about taking something and going into another area. And so that could be a brand, a video game. So for instance, a League of Legends going from the world's number one PC game into a consumer products business. So brand extension to me is just, it's a, it's a phrase, 
but licensing is a component. So you could take, you know, uh, you know, Jelly Belly and you have jelly beans and then you can make Jelly Belly soda. So that to me is a brand extension. It happens to be the ability to make soda for Jelly Bellies through the licensing model. But it's really about taking something and moving into another area. And then how do you do that? Do you do that in-house? Do you do that through a co-packing arrangement if you're making food? Do you do a, use a licensing model? Do you do a joint venture? So um, the purity of it is extending into a new vertical. And then we are fortunate to be in the licensing business to be able to help brand owners to do that. Some of the latest launches from Crayola and ASOS or Netflix Stranger Thing collabs with Polar Bear are different. How are these more in line with the modern evolution of licensing brand extension? Sure. Um, we're very proud of the ASOS Crayola partnership. Um, this was the ability to take a wonderful brand and bring it to a different audience. And so what ASOS gives you is the ability to do something within their own confines. And so a direct to retail program and storytell more. I think the big difference today is about how do you storytell? How do you get more out of the partnership? When you go into a store, whether you look at the Netflix um, licensing program and you go down to different markets, you see great billboards of products. So I think Crayola um, ASOS gave us the ability to, to tell more of that color story to a little bit older audience, but also talk about inclusivity, you know, and really approaching Crayola in a different way. And so, and the packaging was great. And we tried to focus on the crayon and extending in the end of the day, Crayola is a crayon to start. So we want to utilize that itself and not just grow things into new areas without really focusing on this is a crayon. And we want people to enjoy that crayon as a kid and then as an adult. And we use that kind of aesthetic for the product. Very proud of that. And Crayola was really, you know, we did the, the Sally Hansen partnership. And then it was an evolution. And so you look at evolution of licensing as well. You know, Netflix uh, as a business is a digital company that um, evolved into a consumer products business and a company that is making motion pictures and television shows that are rivaling the big Hollywood studios. They started doing licensing in the United States. And now when you look at Pull and Bear and other things, now we're globalizing that IP and working on you know, they have, power, you know, two power titles of La Casa de Papel, as well as Stranger Thing, and bringing those into, into new markets. So with that, what is the CAA GBG mythology when servicing clients' needs? What is critical to understand for licensors when extending their brand? Well, first, it's a partnership, and we really want to look at it that way. We are, I know we're using the word extension several times, but we are an extension of them. And so our goal and objective is to solve challenges they might have and be an extension of them. So it's about client first. It's, it all starts with strategy and it all starts with listening and understanding the critical needs. And there are different needs within an organization. You have uh, revenue side, you have marketing side. A lot of these uh, clients that we talk about, you could say a subscriber base at Netflix, League of Legends, you pay to get skins. Minecraft, has coins that you purchase. So the interaction, you know, we're really touching the actual end consumer in different ways. And so the client controls a lot of the relationship with the customer because Netflix streams to a customer's computer, television and like. And so we have to also consider how they're experiencing the IP and what, what these fans are looking for. And I think being centered around, you know, we think a lot of the company about 
you know, you think about the customer, but these are fans, these are users. And what kind of things that are, that are they looking for? And what potentially do they want first? Should we go into the apparel world? Should we go into the food and beverage world? What makes the most sense? And also at the same time, a company like uh, Riot Games, they have a direct-to-player site and they have merchandise as well that you can buy as a, a gamer. And so how to also not take away from that wonderful player experience and consumer products that they make, but also broadening it further to have consumer products in different you know, retailers throughout the world. There must be so many different trends happening at the moment. I mean, I think it was uh, last year, maybe potentially, I don't even know what time is anymore, but maybe 2019, where League of Legends came out with LVNH on this amazing kind of in-game apparel line. And the in-game skins trend uh, for video games in particular mm-hmm. is, is huge. So, I mean, yes. what other kind of shifts in trends are you seeing across the market? I mean, what's thriving? What should people be looking for when looking to extend brand it's interesting because different gaming companies have a different approach of adding on into the game experience Um, if you look at league of legends it's about the experience and there are the skins are the major driver of the revenue but at the same time the goal is not to to add all this extra third party content that affects the play of the game so i think in the end of the day um, there are there are companies that look at how to monetize beyond just skins in game and there are different ways to do that you know again i look at how to create that experience at retail not just having one or two t-shirts at a retailer i think people want to have an experience the game is an experience people are, are on netflix they're watching shows and they're streaming them and they're watching them all at one time i think really you have to figure out how to create the environment and and the storytelling around it. If you look at Netflix or you look at League of Legends, you want to go to a store and see a program and a story. So, you know, with the change what's happening at retail, you know, you have to really look at your specialty market. How does that affect your brand? How to launch? You look at the mass retailers. I think at the end of the day, we want to think about products that the fans will love. And I think that's a lens that you need to look at. And if they're going to experience these products for the first time, League of Legends hasn't gotten into consumer products in a big way until recently. You want to ensure how you're launching that, who's your customer base. And and apparel is definitely a great way to get brands out to consumers. But when you're doing a partnership, should you go directly to a retailer? You know, you have the Pullen Bears, you have the H&Ms, you have the Urban Outfitters, you have the PacSun. So it's really kind of figuring out the different landscapes and the different markets. Um, But it's a really exciting time because people are hungry for new things. And we like that. And we like that there are brand owners out there that are really becoming strong that are not just um, film companies or uh, television companies. And I think the retailers are also looking for differentiation. And I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot of content out there, too. But I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. You spoke a lot about um, League of Legends, but you also work with Minecraft. Mm -hmm. So working with those two properties, I'm sure it gives you a lot of insight into the gaming market. I mean, there are things that you have surprised you since working with these two brands in licensing. I would say that not surprising, but I think they have done an amazing job in building these universes. And I think when I was younger in licensing, I always thought of, you know, content being created from television shows or movies. And I just realized that now there's just an amazing group of people creating these products from the coding side all the way to the animators. You know, it's just an amazing universe of talent 
And that's exciting. I think that looking and seeing more female gamers getting involved, because the platforms are all consoles. You have PC games, you have, you know, mobile. And so games are now everywhere and on all different, you know, devices. You know, it's interesting watching just the fans and and and, and how they play and just League of Legends and their championships. These ratings rival, you know, the NFL Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. so I've been really amazed by the community of people that play these games and love these games Uh, you know minecraft you could you know it's like a sandbox you could play and create and do different things league of legends is a game that you you know they've developed that game and you could buy skins it's a different kind of experience but the fans and 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 trying to service them with merchandise is exciting if you look at minecraft and you look at league of legends that they're 10 years young or 10 years old but they're only getting started. And that's really amazing too. We're looking at the next 10 years of these IPs. And and so what surprised me is just how amazing and vast this area is. And, you know, given what's going on with COVID, you know, gamers have had a chance to play more and it gives them a, a bit more of an outlet. And um, so you see the sales of, of that going, you know, game, game sales and revenue going up. Mm-hmm. I think it's also helped in our industry because the alternative is, the films have all been pushed back. And so um, I've been surprised also by, you know, the ability for the game market to continue to grow, but also it's consistent. You know, it's not like a movie that comes out every quarter or the like. So these are continuing universes. that, <laughs> and, and so it also provides retailers with solutions. Maybe retailers are tired of that window of the movie coming out, then it leaves. These give you a different opportunity as well at retail and with consumer products. You talk about the universes. League of Legends, it's not just a universe in terms of character and narrative and the battle arenas. There's 150 million registered players. That's a small country. <laughs> like, it's insane. So it must be I know, really daunting. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the amount, and, and it's going to mobile. And so now, you know, this is a PC game. And, you know, I, I have to remind people that, you know, the one of the world's largest games is really a PC game. And now it's going to mobile, which could add, you know, this could add, you know, 100 plus million more uh, users. And so, you know, so another another country associated with it. And so um, but that's that's the fun part is that we're still kind of early on. You had your your first wave. Maybe you call that the Atari wave. And then you had the Nintendo wave. But this is just, uh, you know, a whole different level. But, yeah, a lot of a lot of characters, a lot of champions. And when we create products. Who do you choose? How many do you come out with? And so uh, these these are fun discussions that occur. The great thing about if you look at you know League of Legends is the artwork's beautiful, the storytelling is rich, and so there's a lot of IP there uh, to unpack. So it sounds like that there's a lot of fun when bringing the licensing product to retail. I mean, it is all about fun. You have to enjoy what you do. In the end of the day, we are here to provide products to consumers and for them to enjoy and be delighted with them. And it's fun to do that. I mean, we as a business have a lot of different types of clients, from video game to car brands to food and beverage brands. But it's fun. And that is what, you know, we get up every day because we love what we do. And so it's fun to take an IP and bring it into a different world. Whether you look at Minecraft and you look at League of Legends, two different types of properties, but it's fun when you see a product at retail. It's great when you touch a garment. And, you know, with League of Legends, it's also interesting because it is new. And so it's new in the sense of consumer products. So bringing that to life and deciding where do you go and what to do. 
you know, there are certain IPs that have come out and video games have gone, they've signed a lot of licenses at one time. That's really not our goal. We want longevity. I mean, Minecraft has a lot of licenses. Uh, Netflix now has a lot of licenses. League of Legends, you know, we have really good partnerships in different parts of the world. So we have to consider, you know, that as well. How do you start? Where do you go? What do you do? And the longevity of the IP. We want League of Legends to be around for a long time. League of Legends is it's a universe of multiple areas. You have publishing, you have the video game, you have the mobile game now, and also you have um, the championships. And so this is a business. We call it esports. If you're talking about League of Legends, that's a sport, and we want that to continue. If you don't have fun doing this, I, I don't know. I don't know how else you uh, would have fun because it's it's really amazing honor and privilege to work with these uh, companies and brands. You probably see like there's room for improvement. So what are the areas in education still lacking when it comes to bringing games to retail? Well, I think people there's there's the word esport. What is that? There's a video game. There's a PC game. There's mobile. There's a lot of different you know words being used in 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 the segment. There's a lot of content being generated, and it, and if you look at it, it's a continuing universe. It's not a movie that's filmed, comes out, and then there's another one. So you have to look at this continuing story and how do you make it you know fresh for consumers and retailers. But it's it's a different type of it's a different type of time time periods, and retailers are, are used to that. You know the cartoon coming out, the movie coming out. And so you have to figure out how to get in there. What are those themes and what are the, we call them beats that make it exciting and attractive for retailers? Um, I think from rooms of improvement, it's really about kind of explaining the story. There are people who, again, if you look at esports, there's esport teams. Is League of Legends an esport or is it or is it a PC game? Happens to be both. You have to educate retailers about what the IP is about. What do they do uh, throughout the year? What are those key beats that are occurring? Because they want newness, right? And so it's taking a digital property and bringing it into the physical world. A lot of these brand owners live in the digital world, and they want to now get in the physical world. And it's an interesting discussion about, you know, we could do a lot of e-commerce direct-to-consumer deals on on these IPs, but that doesn't get into the hands of consumers or experiencing it when you walk into a store. So I think there is a lot of uh, discussion about going direct to retail, whether it's print on demand, those areas, or focusing more on brick and mortar. And so it's very easy to go uh, create an e-commerce website, but we really want to be in the physical world, have people experience the brand, see the brand and storytell. And so sometimes it's hard for, you know, you look at licensees in certain companies, they just want to do that e-commerce deal. And uh, that might be easy, but we're looking to uh, create a real experiences. And and even though with COVID, uh, more direct-to-consumer and e-commerce shopping's occurred, you know, we hope that things will come back in the sense that people want to go and be at malls and shop. And we're ready for that because we have these projects out and ready to go and market, you know, when, when hopefully more people will go out and buy again. What are you hoping to see shift and change in the category space as 2021 continues? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody wants to get into consumer products and a lot of them do. And so there is a glut of IP out there. And so we have to do our job. Why to buy if you look at a retailer? And I think it's about you have to continue to create great content. If the games um, and the shows become stale, then then people there won't be the demand for it. If you look at Minecraft or Netflix or uh, League of Legends, you know, they're always coming out with new things. And you know, there are several Minecraft editions. Uh, League of Legends has several new variants. So you give the gamer new content always. 
whether it's, you know, the skins of League of Legends or going into mobile. So you have to keep that fresh. Otherwise, on the consumer product side, you'll get stale pretty quickly. But I do think that there is this trend more and more about direct-to-consumer. What I think is really cool is if you look at, there are universes created out of these games. We have a KDA pop band for League of Legends. And it's, there's a band, it's, a, it's virtual, digital, and they you know, are ranking high on Billboard, iTunes, Google Play. And so it's really about also you know, kind of the IP living in a different way and new experiences. And then we could create licensed products off those kind of offshoots. So I think you could go deeper under the hood. There's more to play with, you know, and, and the fact is when you have, you know, a digital company make, they could create so many different things. So you could keep the fan base excited and always feel exclusive, but there's also ways to, you know, make, bring it out to the wider consumer base. But we do, you know, the marketplace has shifted dramatically in the United States with, with what's been happening at retail. If you look at department stores, that might be a very nice place to launch your products, but it might not be the place that you could sell long term. And so you have a, a big shift, at least in the United States, to mass market continually. You, but your mass market now is Target and Walmart, and that's it. You have specialty, but then you have huge volume in, in closeout. TJ Maxx. Ross, and then looking at big lots and and these other retailers, I think traditional consumer products have been out for a long time that they can go into these new channels and go into the closeouts or the dollar. I think these kinds of IP, they're not ready to go there. They're still new. So you you only have, you have X amount of universe where you could sell products to. Dollar stores, liquidators, that gives you a lot broader base, but that doesn't mean that this, these kinds of IPs should be there. I think that's a difference between if, if we were doing a regular consumer products brand, let's say a Lysol, which could probably be in all different worlds uh, and retailers, this kind of IP, you have to still feel exclusive and fresh. And if you go to downstairs, then you might alienate all fans of the IP. That is all we have for today. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, and thank you for everyone's time. Robert, honestly, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great one. Thank you. As always, the Licensed Global team wants to hear from you. Get in touch with us at news at licenseglobal.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook to leave your thoughts or just to stay in the loop with the latest news. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on whichever platform you found us on and we'll be hard at work bringing you more episodes of the Licensing Mixtape. Until then, we'll catch you next time.